Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, to blossom literally means to bear forth flower from a tree, bush, or vine. And while the prophet Isaiah sings the song of the redeemed in chapter 35, Jesus himself is the one who said, he is the vine, we are the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. He might very well have said that with him, we can only blossom. And we think of something blossoming, oftentimes we think of it sprouting because of favorable growing conditions, right? Plenty of sun, water, nutrients, cultivation. By doing those things, blossoming is inevitable. And likewise, God intends for us as his people to flourish. And what do you think? Would you agree that we are living among favorable growing conditions here? We have religious freedom in our country to worship seven days a week if we like. We have freedom of speech. No one can stop us from praying anytime, anywhere. We're not threatened with our lives if we go out and share the gospel outwardly, openly, and with great boldness. But the sinful truth is that we're not blossoming. And why not? The conditions are favorable, aren't they? God has a plan for his people to flourish, to blossom, to bear witness to the joy that's found only in Christ. On this Gaudete or Joy Sunday, God thinks of us blossoming right where we are, no matter what, even if the conditions are unfavorable. In our gospel text, when we, we hear about John the Baptist, right? And when, when John the Baptist first met his cousin Jesus, he was still in the womb of his mother Elizabeth and Jesus in the womb of his mother Mary. But we're told that John leapt for joy. He leapt for joy because he knew he was in the presence of the Messiah, the Christ, the one who would bring salvation to all people. Now, some 30 years later, John is looking out from behind prison bars. And he sends his disciples to Jesus to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Now, how could John, who knew Jesus, who proclaimed Jesus, who pointed to Jesus as the Lamb of God, now doubt Jesus? Well, the answer is prison. Prison. Unfavorable conditions. Let even John, the one Jesus referred to as among the greatest born of women, to wonder and question, is this really the way things are supposed to be? Now, before we criticize John for being shaken by his unfavorable circumstances, it should be asked, when it comes to your joy, what are you looking for? Now, maybe you've had one of those weeks. Maybe you're fighting that 
cold and sickness that's going around that doesn't seem to go away very quickly. Maybe you've been shopping, doing Christmas shopping, and discouraged that you haven't been able to find the perfect gift for someone. Or maybe on a far more serious note, you've been overcome by thoughts of a loved one who's passed away, as we are with the death of our loved one, Lennis, uh, of Arlene a few weeks ago, and, and uh, Kathy Kendrick as well. Difficult days, difficult weeks. In this time of year, oftentimes people also struggle with loneliness or some other burden that is heavy on our hearts. But here's the thing. No matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstances in life you're dealing with, we're not the first ones to have these feelings. A world of inner emptiness and hurt is exactly what Isaiah is describing as weak hands, feeble knees, anxious hearts, full of fear, sorrow, and sigh. The joy, the joy that, that we're talking about today doesn't demand that we ignore our burdens, but it does require that we look at them through the advent of Jesus for you. On this third week in Advent, we come to terms with this one truth, that this is God's advent. It's not ours. Advent is the journey that God makes. Advent is a time that we prepare for God's trip to us. Our God, against all reason, but for our redemption, makes a journey toward us. Remember, John the Baptist never preached, prepare to get going or prepare to find God. Instead, he preached, prepare the way. God in Christ is coming. God's advent, Emmanuel, God with us, seeking us out. Now, in Jesus' day, preparing the way for the arrival of the king didn't mean adding things to the road, but clearing the clutter and the trash away from it. When God saw Adam and Eve hiding in the bushes, God didn't turn away in disgust or abandon them. He didn't throw them away and start over. No, God came walking down the path, looking for them, seeking them out to save them. His bags were packed with all the blessings that we have celebrated once again this year. Hope, peace, righteousness, love, salvation, and today, lasting joy. Advent is the time that we confess our weak hands, our feeble knees, our fearful hearts, sorrow and pain. And God greets us with blossoming joy. Because remember, joy is about faith, not about our circumstances. James used the example of the prophets who didn't always see the end results with their eyes. Instead, they relied upon faith. Job's steadfastness, walking in the same direction, was based on being attached to God, who is his Redeemer. Remember, Job's circumstances were horrendous, right? 
All 10 of his children died. His cattle were stolen. His name slandered. He had boils on his skin. His so-called friends gave him terrible advice. He very easily could have said, God, are you the one or should I look for another? Remember that even his wife encouraged him to curse God and die. And so the circumstances of life can either force us to ask ourselves if God really cares for us, or they can lead us to lean upon God in faith, where nothing is impossible. And so today we celebrate the truth that our God is a God of reversals, complete 180-degree reversals. And listen to Jesus reel them off. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor are rich with the good news. As the Savior advents to us, dramatic change is in order. And Isaiah paints some reversals that the people would have known very well. Lebanon is, a, is known for its beautiful cedar trees, so tall and glorious. These cedars will uh, suddenly grow where there once was only hot, dry land. Carmel is a fertile mountainside, and Sharon is a plain full of wildflowers, and today even grows oranges. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon blossom in the desert. Yes, our God is a God of reversals. Where people are sad and sorrowful, Jesus brings joy. Where the blind, lame, deaf, and dumb meet Jesus, there is healing. People cowering with fear are made strong. And whatever burden, challenge, or struggle that you bring to God's house today, he has a reversal for you found in his advent into your life as your Savior and as your Redeemer. We hear this reversal every single week. We hear that as slaves to sin, we have been set free. Set free with the forgiveness that's found in Christ. Joy takes God at his word. Faith doesn't feed on miracles, but on every word from the mouth of our God. For John, there were no miracles. There was no getting sprung from prison or escaping the forthcoming beheading. But he had the word of Jesus that proclaimed what only Jesus does. That's what our celebration of this season is all about. The gift of Jesus. The living word made flesh, full of grace and truth which allows us to blossom on the vine. Lasting joy trusts the word of God, that we are redeemed. Our joy as the redeemed has a purpose. There was an Austrian psychiatrist who was imprisoned in a Nazi concentration camp, and he asked himself what kept him going in the midst of such hard and difficult circumstances. And he came to this one conclusion. The conclusion that he mattered to someone. God, in his unconditional love, sent his son to redeem him, to bring him life because he mattered. He was loved. 
same is true for each and every one of you. You are redeemed. You are loved. God promises that out of our limitations, he brings possibilities. Out of our weakness, he brings strength. Out of our timidity and fear, he brings confidence. It is God's intention that we blossom with joy. And when we are not blossoming with joy, we need to face the truth that most of our frustrations really stem from the fact that we're not God. We're not in control. We're not in control of our good health or that of our loved ones. We're not in control of anything, really. James, the brother of Jesus, was the elder of a congregation that was full of challenges. And if Jesus had returned the minute he was writing his epistle, his congregation would have been found imitating the world, not Christ. So what's the answer to all this? The answer is to put it all in the one true God's hands and remove it from hands that want to play God. In this way, frustration is turned to joy because the God who has promised you a rose garden is coming to you to bring you joy, to bring you lasting joy with his presence. He is in control for your good, for your joy. And what good news of great joy does God have for us this morning? God's coming into our lives overtakes us with gladness and rejoicing. This joy in the Lord sends sorrow and sighing packing. Even though we face such difficult things, we know that there is joy in Christ that nothing, not even death, can take away. Our loved ones who have died in the faith, they live with the Lord. No matter what struggle we, we go through, we have that joy because we have Christ. We have Emmanuel, God with us. And the, the ESV translation doesn't capture the essence of what Isaiah is, is fully proclaiming in verse 10. Our reading says, they shall obtain gladness and joy. But the Hebrew word there literally means to overtake or to envelop, to fill, to overflowing. Again, Christ's coming brings gladness and joy that sends sorrow and sighing packing. We matter to God. Joy in our life matters to God. It's a lasting joy. It's a lasting joy that this world can't give, and it also can't take away. So blossom right where you are. And as you do, People will see God in all of his blessings. God wants joy and gladness to overtake us so that we literally blossom in the desert right where we are. It's all about God coming into our lives, bringing drastic reversals. And we all can use these this and every season of our lives. Until Christ comes again in glory, there are going to be those days of sadness, those days of trouble, heartache, and sorrow. But again, remember this. The Lord is with us. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. 
And because he is, we blossom with joy and gladness so that others will recognize the true meaning of Christmas. That the true meaning of Christmas is what only God can do and what only he can give, which is true and lasting joy. Amen.